Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Rocket Nations Football Podcast. I am Nate Edwards. That's Brandon BK Kylie. And this is Before the Box Score. It has been a couple of weeks, ladies and gentlemen. There have been well, not a lot of things happening as far as sports go, but there's a lot of life happening. Um, BK, how are you doing? I'm doing all right, man. Um, we had Eli Drinkwitz on the show the other day. Most, you know, excuse me, I should clarify here. I do radio in St. Louis. We had Eli Drinkwitz on my show that I do in St. Louis locally the other day. He was fantastic. So uh, I'm very happy to have a Mizzou football coach that we enjoy having on the radio here locally. How are you doing, my guy Nate? Well, uh, I'm drinking, so um, that's where that's my mentality right now. Um, no, it hasn't been the best week, but um, I'll tell you what, Mike Mike Anderson always said, "Survive in advance," right? And as far you know, as far as I view it, if I'm not on fire and I'm not getting shot at, it's not an emergency. So uh, we are good to go. Um, we will always always turn lemonade out of lemons and keep chugging along, no matter what this pandemic throws at us. And plus, in the end. We're still got Mizzou football, Mizzou sports somewhere on the horizon. And, God, I'll tell you what, if, if Eli Drinkwitz is hitting the, the media circuit, uh, I love to hear what he has to say. I love to figure out what this guy is like. And, and BK, you had him. You had him. You got a little insight into the mind of Drinkwitz. So 
What were your big takeaways uh, from this interview that you guys had? Yeah, so I am the producer for Stalter and Rivers, which is the midday show, which you can hear weekdays from 10 to 2 uh, on 101 ESPN in St. Louis or on the 101 ESPN app, shameless plug. Um, and he was fantastic, man. I've been efforting him for a few weeks now. We just couldn't make it work. But finally, we were able to connect. And so we get him on the air, and he's doing your typical coach speak for the first five or so minutes of the interview. But then we kind of go non-Mizzou related. We ask him about um, if he's grilling, what's he doing on the grill? And he got into that. And we asked him about what he's drinking if he's grilling outside. And he said, listen, this is a family program. I'm probably having a Dr. Pepper. But, you know, <laughs> there, uh, there might be some of Grandpa's uh, pops or uh, cough syrup in there. Ooh, like <laughs> he it. said, you know, if uh, my, my daughter comes by, I might tell her, uh, hey, uh, that's Dada's. Dr. Pepper right there. <laughs> so he showed a little bit of his personality. He opened up a little oh, bit. Yes. Um, and then he wanted to make sure that we knew he was scheduled to throw out the first pitch for the Cardinals versus the Cubs game. And he really? wanted to make sure that we then knew he's very interested in doing so whenever the Cardinals season continues. Uh, he's been practicing. Cool. He knows what it's like to throw from 60 feet, and he knows that at times they make <laughs> you throw in front of the rubber. So he said, am I going to be able to throw from the rubber, or are they going to push me in front of it, behind it? What's the deal? What, what am I going to be expected to do here? Because I don't want to look terrible when I do it. So yeah. he showed a little personality there as well. And then we finished the interview with him giving us a motivational speech because one of our hosts said that they hope – that we are able to see Eli Drinkwitz and Mizzou take the field this fall. And sure. Eli Drinkwitz said, you got to take hope out of your vocabulary. Hope puts it in somebody else's hands. You should expect it. You got to expect things to happen. And we expect to play this fall. That's our mindset. That's how you make it happen. Damn. Man, I'm, I'm being honest with you. I have no idea how good of a coach Eli Drinkwitz is going to be at Mizzou. None. It's impossible to know. I would run through a wall for that dude after yeah. hearing literally a 12-minute interview on a local oh, radio station in St. Louis. And I liked Barry Odom. I thought he was a yeah. solid football coach. I think he's a fantastic defensive coordinator. Never once did I have that feeling with him. Never. Not a yeah. single time in his entire tenure at Mizzou. How meaningful is that? I don't know. But I think it does matter at least in a – even if it's a small way. The public relations side of it – um, the perception side of it, the way that I would imagine that plays in recruiting, the way that I would imagine that plays in a room whenever you've got 115, 18 to 22-year-olds, I was blown away by the way that he was able to conduct himself on that interview. And it's 12 minutes, it's an interview radio, or it's a radio interview in St. Louis. In the grand scheme of things, it probably won't matter. But for me, it was super meaningful, and I was really happy to see just how much personality he had and just how damn entertaining he was on a local radio interview. That's awesome. And for all of you who are not in the St. Louis market, even if you are, you can stream this stuff too, y'all, okay? You can <laughs> jump in there and stream it, all right? I'm serious. I, I did not listen to it at the time. I am going to go back and listen to it now. Uh, I mean, yes, number one, we're starred for Mizzou football content, but number two, I mean, why don't you want to hear your guy on the radio? Why don't That's you want right. to hear your guy do your thing, you know? Um, I just, you know, the thing about Drinkwitz is that there's so much question in the air about him, 
right? You know, mm-hmm. from his, you know, oh, there's a lot of potential, but we just haven't seen it yet. One year head coach, you know, really interesting off. Like we just have these narratives built around a guy who looks like Andy Bernard from The Office, and you're going. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so, you know, I'm taking these things as much as I can. I wanna, I'm want i going to go back and listen to that interview. The other thing, I don't know if you all remember this, but like the three days of spring practice we had, day two or day three, the Mizzou football Twitter handle shot out a minute 20, maybe a two-minute video tops of Coach Drink mic'd up, right? He had the visor on. He had the shades on. He had a, a Mizzou sweatshirt on. And he was going through practice. And I was just like, show me what you are. Show me mm-hmm. Coach Drinkwitz. And, you know, he was, you know, the beginning was warming up. You know, all these videos are the same. You start with the warm-up. You have him making a couple jokes. And you have him chewing them out. And then you got him motivated. Like, it's these are all cookie-cutter things. I don't care. I loved it. <laughs> I loved watching this this guy who I thought looks like a super nerd yelling at the football team and then responding like, yeah, hell yeah, run. And it's just like. I, that's what I want to see. I want to see this from from my coach, and I know, you know, Barry Odom overdid it the first year, and then underdid it every year after that. And he was kind of robotic, and he was kind of defensive all the time. When you haven't played a game, you get to be you, baby. And I want to see that Drinkwitz, and I'm so glad that he's getting, he's putting himself out there. I'm glad you got to you got to talk to him. Yeah, and if you want to check out a little snippet of it, Mizzou football on Twitter at Mizzou football. Um, tweeted out a the, the part that I was talking about where he like made us want to run through a wall. They tweeted out that clip that we used at the end of the show. Nice. Um, so if you want to just check out even that little minute 30 clip, you can check that out at Mizzou Football. I was just, I, I was blown away by it, and it made me really excited, man. It, it's, it's super, like, this stuff doesn't matter, and I know that. Intrinsically, <laughs> no. I know that. It's not important. It's not going to help him win football games. But right now, in a time when we don't have sports, and there are no games being played, even if we did have sports and baseball and hockey were going on right now, basketball was in its playoffs, it's still great to see stuff like this. It's nice to know, and maybe it's just refreshing because of what what Odom was and what Pinkle was, despite all of his obviously fantastic attributes as well. This is the first time Mizzou's had a really charismatic coach in Mm -hmm. more than 20 years. Um, and that, that's something that is fun, man. It's fun to have a coach that you can get behind in a way that is not just about the winning, but obviously the winning makes it even better. So (laughs) I I was thrilled to have him. I was really happy to see how excited he was and how, uh, charismatic he was. And I, I'm looking forward to have him on in the show again and to see what this thing ultimately develops into moving forward. And it seems like Nate, it's working on the recruiting trail as well. Mizzou earlier today picking up the grad transfer from Rutgers. Uh, they seem to be doing pretty well right now on the recruiting trail in general, despite the fact that they have no ability to actually go out anywhere. They're putting up the graphics all the time about how they're dominating inside of the state and they're calling literally Dude. every school in every county of the state. It's it's cool. There, there's an energy that wasn't there previously, and I'm, I'm here for it. I love it. I love those. Um, you have, yes, you have your Jeremy Macklins, right? Your Terry Beckner's junior. Um, you know, you got uh, Martin Rucker on the west side, Chase Kaufman, uh, Kale Garrett from Can- from the Kansas City area. Evan Bain. Um, Evan Bain. But, I mean, you got, you know, Michael Shearer. You got Andrew Wilson over in Peculiar. You got, uh, you know, they, they're really getting everybody um, shouting out where they came from in Missouri mm-hmm. and how they stuck to it. And, 
Uh, I forget. Oh, God, I'm going to forget who it was. I was just passing by, and I forgot to jot it down. But some uh, noticeable, uh, notable St. Louis player tweeted out today, Dane, if we get all St. Louis players to stay home, some magic can happen. And I'm not going to sit here and say, if you only recruited Missouri kids, you win a natty. But, man, there is a lot of talent on both sides of the state and on the inside of the state, too. If you can, if they qualify as SEC East talent and you get them to stay home, you can field a very, very competitive football team. I think Drake knows that, too. That's the other thing. Like, I, I think he gets it. Um, and we'll see. Ultimately, ultimately, it comes down to execution. And if he can't get these guys to commit and they still end up going to Ohio State or Texas or Alabama, and there's going to be some of that no matter what. But if he's able to really land some of these guys that were previously leaving this state, well, God, how long have we been saying this about the basketball team too? <laughs> they, right. they really do have the potential to be able to field a team that is consistently ranked in the top 25. And just like with uh, Gary Pinkle, can every four or five years have a team that really can compete on a national level? That That's how good some mm-hmm. of the talent is in the state. And if you're supplementing it with guys that you hit on that are diamonds in the rough out of Florida or Tennessee Texas. or Illinois or Texas, like if you're able to do all of those things, that's the way. We know the path. We've seen it at Missouri. And it's mm-hmm. really nice to see that it, it, it seems to me – that drink knows that that's the way to get it done. And uh, if he's able to really kind of come through with this, it could be something special to watch. I agree. So let's get through the, uh, the housekeeping here. Like you said, Michael, uh, Oh God, my Eddie, my Eddie. I'll let you drown on this one. (laughs) Uh, The sir from uh, the, the young gentleman from West orange, New Jersey, Uh, former Rutgers player was pretty good. Now granted, (laughs) good at Rutgers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Get the jokes in. Yeah, for sure. Uh, pro football focus loved this kid. One of the top-rated uh, pass protectors in the nation last year. Uh, and he was a three-year starter at Rutgers. So he was looking to, you know, win some football games. And you, you know, we had a clearing open uh, open spot in our center position. So uh, it just made sense. And he is officially on board as of yesterday, uh, which brought the roster to 81 scholarships. And you're sitting there thinking to yourself, wait a second. We can only be operating at 80 for the 2020 season. Well, you would be right. Um, So two things happened pretty much in very quick succession. Um, Anthony Watkins, one of the more athletic specimens to sign in the past couple years. uh, He was a running back last year. uh, Hopped into that transfer portal. And if you read the story, I believe Gabe had it on Power Mizzou. Um, It was Drinkwitz and Looper saying, hey, man, like, you're cool and all. You can stay here and we'll pay for your education for this year, but you're no longer on the team. And um, it's it's a weird thing to think about. You know, you always hear this happening at Alabama or Ohio State, and you're like, well, that would never happen here. Folks, it happens everywhere. Mm-hmm. Just like every team cheats, um, every staff pushes kids out. And you'll see that in the form of decommitments in which you jump on Twitter and lambast them or you'll see them jumping in the transfer portal in which you'll jump on Twitter and lambast them. Uh, but I'm telling you guys, like this this is how college football works. It's not always public. Uh, these stories don't always get out. Um, but don't sit there and think that Drinkwitz and his friends are some bad guys coming in. Odom did this. Pinkle did this. Everybody does it. It's not a big deal for a program 
of you know facing things like obviously it sucks to hear but this happens everywhere and really i just feel bad for anthony because it seemed like he really wanted to be here yeah um you're not i I agree with everything you just said from a human side of things let's let's go a little bit of cutthroat right like let's let's look at this from a how do you cut down the roster situation if you're going to cut down somewhere running back's probably the spot where you have to do it I mean, they, yeah. they, they seem to really like Elijah Young, and if he ends up coming in and doing what they expect, he was probably going to overtake Watkins for playing time, if not this year, certainly next year. Yeah. And you've got Beatty on the roster still. You've got Roundtree on the roster still. There was really no immediate need for him, and now you can recruit over him. So mm-hmm. I get why they ultimately went this route. Does it suck? Of course, because you saw you, you hate seeing these types of guys go. But if they were going to have to push somebody out, pushing somebody out at running back is probably the spot to do so. And they did so not for no reason, but because they added a guy who you mentioned this a second ago. I didn't realize this. Pro Football Focus had him as the guy that had the lowest pressure rate allowed in all of Big Ten football a year oh. ago. Among nice. interior offensive linemen, he allowed a 0.7% pressure rate. Not sack Beautiful. rate, pressure rate. They're going back and watching every play and seeing how often a guy got pressure against him. That mm-hmm. was a huge need going into this year. Nobody mm-hmm. had any idea who was going to be playing on the interior offensive line for Mizzou this year. They just added an impact instant player they didn't do this for no reason, so that should make you feel a little bit better about it if you felt a little slimy to begin with, which is understandable. Yeah. And, you know, pretty quickly after that, we got a story about Mr. Antar Thompson. Um, he uh, was, uh, let's see here, he was pulled over for speeding, and uh, some words were had. I don't know if a ticket was given or not, but um, 20 minutes later, he was speeding once again, and <laughs> that same police officer once again, tried to pull him over, except this time Mr. Thompson did not pull over. Uh, instead, he just drove home. The uh, The cops did not pursue, uh, and the next day showed up at his house and arrested him for resisting arrest. Um, now, there are a lot of ways that you can take this story. Um, a lot of it is going to, let's say, reveal kind of where you stand on a lot of social issues currently. <laughs> we don't need to dive into that. What you do need to understand is that getting a traffic ticket, not a big deal. Um, Resisting arrest, big deal. Why? Because that's a felony. And typically, if you get a felony, you're no longer part of the football team. Um, Now, Thompson is obviously part of an incredibly deep defensive tackle class for this year. Would we miss him? Yes, but mostly no. Uh, He barely played last year, so it's not going to be a huge loss. Um, But again, it's kind of one of those like, ah, Still not a good look. Not something that you want to see from your guys. He was also one of the cooler stories on the roster, too. And I don't want that to get lost here because he was a three-star prospect at one point, one of the top players in the state. This was a while ago. 2013. Yeah. And he kind of went off the radar. He ended up having a, a kid... He eventually went to JUCO and kind of came back onto Mizzou's radar. And as you just heard from Nate, he was a recruit in 2013. It is 2020. He's had a long road to get to where he is today. And if I'm not mistaken, he's a redshirt senior. He's probably going to be graduating from Mizzou this year. 
Mm-hmm. I'm rooting for the kid to graduate. Like this ultimately has mm-hmm. become less of a football story and more of a human story. I want the guy to be able to graduate at Mizzou. It's it's somebody who we've known the name for almost a decade now, and it's going to be pretty cool to be able to see him graduate as a guy who wanted to go to Mizzou from from Jump Street, ultimately finally found a way to get there, took a winding path to get there, but got there. And I'm rooting for him to be able to do so. So I I hope all of this ultimately gets resolved. It was probably a bad decision. I mean, pretty clearly a bad decision. Um, mm-hmm. I, I He deserves to be reprimanded, reprimanded for it, and he appears to be reprimanded for it. He's been suspended, I believe, indefinitely by the team, at least for the time being. Um, and we'll see. I, I don't know where this goes from here, but I'm rooting for him to be able to graduate from Mizzou just because we've known about this kid for a long time. And it's a story that deserves a happy ending, in my opinion. So I hope I hope we ultimately end up getting there. In fact, it's probably better if he just wasn't part of the team and he could just focus on his studies and get that degree. Mm-hmm. You know, he's twenty. I think he's twenty-five. Um, but I mean, hey, I made plenty of mistakes uh, when I was twenty-four, twenty-three, twenty-two. Um, you learn from them, and this is going to be a learning moment from him, for him. So I hope it doesn't. With you, I hope it doesn't sacrifice his education. Um, if it sacrifices his football playing, I'm sorry, but hey, get get your degree, get that piece of paper, go out there and and do what you got to do to, to uh, make it through, especially for your kid. So, and again, from a uh, like we, we talked about this from a human standpoint, from an on-field standpoint, you kind of mentioned this. If you're going to have to have a cut somewhere, running back and defensive tackle are probably the two spots where you could ultimately be able to have it. Um, and you never want to see anything like this, especially for a kid like Antar Thompson, who had such a great story. But if it's going to happen somewhere from an on-field perspective, this is one of the places where you could ultimately handle it, is that defensive tackle. For sure. So along, still along Mizzou lines, but kind of getting into professionalism. Uh, BK, I had a little blue birdie tell me that you like professional football. Is that true? <laughs> I uh, I am a fan of the football that they play where they pay players. I, I uh, Legally. I, I am a big fan <laughs> of go. that version yeah. of football, yes. Yeah, So and we don't have the XFL anymore, so he must be meaning the NFL, which is having its draft, uh, probably the weirdest draft in the past 25 years, uh, is happening tomorrow night. And uh, it's going to be done virtually, which is going to be hilarious. Uh, I can't wait to see all the setups and gimmicks and fail-safes that all these teams have put into place and still are unable to connect to the meeting and have someone, like, forget to mute while sitting on the crapper or something like that. But <laughs> the point is is that we got we have a lot of Mizzou guys who are putting their names in to be drafted. And obviously, you know, best case scenario is that, you know, all, you know, one, two, three, four, five, basically all, all seven guys go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven in the first round. And then, hey, cool. Mizzou's awesome. That's the best case scenario. Worst case scenario is that none of them get drafted and they have to go the undrafted free agent around. Obviously, neither of those is going to happen. We got a couple of guys who will probably be called. Um, but for you, BK, we're viewing this from the school standpoint, yeah. from, not an individual. From a school standpoint, what is the best reasonable case scenario for the seven gentlemen who are eligible to be drafted tomorrow night? Um, let's go through kind of player by player. And I'll, I'll give you a player first, and I'll, I'll kind of go through based on where I think they're going to go. and The guy that will go the highest we'll talk about first, and then we'll kind of work our way down from there. 
Jordan Elliott seems to be the guy that is the consensus highest rated player among the Mizzou eligible players to be drafted. It seems like he's probably going to be a second rounder, depending on who you listen to. Um, I guess there's an off chance he could work his way into the first. That'd be a really big surprise. But day two of the draft is the second and third round. I expect him to go on day two. I think he could be a top 50 pick in this year's class. Uh, Pro Football Focus absolutely loves him. They have him as, Mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken, their top-rated defensive tackle, or at least a top-three-rated defensive tackle at the worst. I know he was the number-one-graded defensive tackle for them in college football last year. He, uh, He has a really high mark from people that are in the analytics community. There are people that are like the super scouts, the draft nicks, if you will, that say he doesn't have any clue what he's doing, but he's got all the tools to figure it out. So... He uh, He's a fun player. We all watched him for a couple of years and certainly last year really break out at Mizzou. Elliott's the guy that I would expect to be called first, and he's got a lot of poten- potential once he gets into the league. I think he's going to be a second rounder. What are you expecting from him? I know you wrote up about him on Rock M Nation uh, earlier this week. Yeah, I, I just he's, – he's it. He's going to be the best chance to be drafted first. Um, maybe Albert O gets a weird – hair or something like that but just when when knowing that there were no pro days um, medical analysis interviews stuff like that were really limited you're this is going to be a brand draft and Jordan Elliott is a brand yes the advanced guys love him yes even the you know even the analysts love the guy uh, you know when we were watching Mizzou football they would talk about Jordan Elliott all the time and you'd see him just just like crash through the offensive line like oh wow that's awesome so, like, the tape that he has is really good. He has a pedigree of being at Texas and then doing really well at Missouri. Uh, and for better or worse, we still have our D-line zoom moniker. So, um, you know, he he just he played in a way that caught eyes. Now, the stats are not like some transcendent defensive tackle like in Dominican Sue, right? He's only had five-and-a-half career sacks. He had 18 tackles for loss, but that's not it. It was the pressure that he created. It was the double teams that he demanded. It was his ability to push the pocket up into the quarterback's chin and force him to make a poor decision quickly. Now, we didn't, you know, it didn't always work out as a positive play for him, but you could see that play for play. The thing that people are going to knock him on is when he went against elite offensive lines, so your Georgia and your off- and your uh, Floridas, they handled him pretty well. Like, he got a couple of wins in the battles in the trenches, but overall he was not nearly as effective. And that's more of what you're going to see in the NFL. So he is not going to be a first-round draft pick unless something crazy happens. Um, but he'll probably be a second, and I think he'll have a pretty solid career, you know, as long as uh, he f- finds a system that he likes and a coaching staff that lets him play. The next player that we are likely to hear off the board is somebody that you mentioned. It's Albert O. Um, Mizzou fans know the name, and we, for three years, were really the last two puzzled by the way that he was used. Um, And that's going to be the big question for a lot of teams is, was the lack of production the last couple of years, in a, a grander sense, was that something that was related to the scheme? Was it related to the player? And I think that's a question that a lot of teams are asking right now. He ran the 4-4 at the NFL Combine. He is Mm -hmm. incredibly gifted in terms of his athleticism. Size speed is out of this world. 
Not going to be a great blocker. That doesn't much matter for the NFL right now. They're looking for big dudes like Albert O who can run and play yeah. from the slot. That's where he's going to be lined up most of the time. That's what he was at Mizzou, and that's what he'll be in the NFL. I have seen anywhere from the th- second, third round to the fifth round for Alberto. I don't think anybody knows where the guy's going to go. Uh, a lot of that's going to be injury-related. A lot of it's going to be, depending on how he did with his interviews, his meetings with these teams, they're going to have some legitimate questions for him. Um, I'm fascinated. He's the guy that I am most interested to see where he goes. And I think he needs to land in a good spot where they're going to know how to use him and they don't try to make him into something that he's not. But Alberto, for me, is the most interesting Mizzou player in this draft. I am going to put your NFL knowledge on the spot. Mm-hmm. So just be ready. Um, as far you said, he needs to be paired with basically the right team. Yep. That's going to let him play as a big slot receiver. What is a team out there that needs someone like that and what you know does that team have a coaching staff that is able to use a guy like him to maximize his abilities it's an interesting question um one team that i would like to see where i would like to see him go is the new england patriots um he would make a lot of sense for them they tend to like tight ends uh they just lost one a year ago and never really replaced Mm -hmm. him He would make a lot of sense there. Um, If you're looking for other spots that ultimately could be good landing spots, the Arizona Cardinals could be really interesting. Um, They like playing with four wide receivers by and large, but when they do put a tight end on the field, they're not asking him to be a pro-style tight end like most teams are. So I could see them being a good spot. That's where Ricky Seals-Jones was a couple of years ago. They've kind of tried out guys like this before. Uh, They could be an interesting spot. Otherwise, if you're looking for other landing spots, the Colts could be a spot. I trust that coaching staff. Frank Reich is really smart with the way that he utilizes his offensive personnel. Um, Those would probably be a few of the ones that I think would be the best landing spots. And then just if you want me to be the homer, like... The Kansas City Chiefs certainly know how to use tight ends. Oh, for sure. He is not Travis Kelsey, but if you needed him to play the Travis Kelsey role, he could do that. So those those are a few of the spots. Anybody from the the Chiefs coaching staff tree, the Eagles, uh, although they have a couple of their own that are pretty darn good right now, the Bears, those would be a couple other good landing spots for them. So, I mean, Cliff Kingsbury is the coach over in Arizona Cardinals. Mm -hmm. And in 2013, I believe they trotted out a dude named Jason Morrow, who was a tight end, basically in name only. Essentially, he was just a giant slot. And uh, he was a consensus All-American in 2013. And you got Kyler Murray. Um, obviously, Cliff Kingsbury has his trigger man. Uh, he loves to play fast, and he loves to throw it. I'm I'm kind of really getting on board with Arizona here. I, I Mainly because I hate the Patriots. Well, I hate the NFL <laughs> overall, but I hate the Patriots the most. Uh, I like college guys getting in and infiltrating and screwing up the system, so I'd love to see him in in the uh, Cardinal Red. I think that'd be super cool. I think that's a really good landing spot potentially for him. Um, It it makes a lot of sense. They don't really have a ton of talent at the position right now. They haven't spent money at the position. Their starter right now is Max Williams, who was a really good player in college and then amounted to nothing so far in the NFL. Oh, man, Um, Max Williams. That was a dude that (laughs) hurdled hurdled us in the – what was that? Was that the Gator? No, not the Gator Bowl. Um, Citrus Bowl, yeah. 2014. 
Yep. Yeah, he tore it up. So, wow, I'm surprised he's not doing well. Yeah, he Ooh, hasn't nice. really done a whole lot of anything, but he's uh, he's their starter right now. Alberto would be a fascinating piece to plug into that offense. That, that would be a spot that I would love to see him. It's Max with two X's. What more do you – like, you should be awesome. Okay, whatever. Um, you, sir, wrote about Kelly Bryant. I did. And his chances in the NFL. I'm really curious. What do you think? Uh, is he going to get drafted? Where is he going to end up? What's going to happen? I think he's going to. I mean, you see this with quarterbacks every year. They end up getting pushed up higher than they probably should. So I think he'll be a quarterback that goes on day three. Fifth to seventh round sounds about right. I actually think Kelly Bryant can work as a backup quarterback moving forward. I don't think he's ever going to be a starter. I don't think he's going to be a guy that's going to be a star in the league. But he's mobile. He fits the way that the NFL is going right now. I mean, if you had a team like the Ravens, for instance, or the aforementioned Cardinals that has a super mobile quarterback, Kelly Bryant is not Lamar Jackson. I'm not going to make that comparison, but he's mobile. Um, he's, yeah. he's not Kyler Murray. I'm not going to make that comparison, but he's mobile. You don't have to completely change the playbook if Kelly Bryant ultimately ends up being getting in the game. So... A place like that would make some sense for him. Guys seem to absolutely adore Kelly Bryant in the locker room. Yeah. I don't know what he's like on the board. I don't know what he's like in terms of his football intelligence. But if he has a good amount of it, he makes a lot of sense as a backup quarterback in the league right now. I, I think he'll be a day three pick that, that gets some pretty quality time as a backup in the league for years to come. Yeah. So then we got, we had the hyphen lineman. We have Trevor Wallace Sims and Tristan Colon Castillo. Uh, what do you AC make of them? Let, let's, I, oh, I want to get your thoughts on them. I just... Okay, Tristan Colon Castillo, number one, him leaving for the NFL just smacks of, I don't think we're going to be very good next year. I don't want to break in a new coach. I just want to get paid. And, like, I am 100% good with that. I just hope he understands that he's not going to get drafted. Yeah. And it's not it's nothing against him, but, like, he had, you know, two pretty good years. Uh, his let's see here, that would have been his 2017 and 18. He was never like an All-American, All-SEC or anything like that. But he was a solid offensive lineman. He was really good at run passing in 17 and 18. He was pretty good at pass protection. 19, he wasn't great really at either. Like he was okay in the run. Uh, really still good at the pass, but like the offensive line as a whole was really bad at running. And I think that reputation for the all five guys really reflects on him justly or unjustly and i think that goes the same for wallace sims the dude was an all-american yep. or at least all sec um in 2018 and in 2019 I, this is this is not fair at all but i swear to god every time i looked at trevor wallace sims he was falling on the ground like trying to like just like leg whip somebody down I'm like why are you falling down like i don't i don't understand you're six five three thirty and he just it just seemed like he was so much better at pass protection than running and again, the entire offensive line was just really bad at run, uh, run blocking. So I think there's, when you're an offensive lineman, yes, the individual talent matters. Yes, the individual work matters. Yes, the individual intelligence matters. But you're always going to be judged as a unit. And last year's unit was not good. And I think that they are leaving on a down curve. So, you know, maybe a lot of teams think, well, hey, they were good. You know, we can buy low, get them out of an undrafted free agent contract and just see what happens. And I think they both had the talent to make a roster. You know, they've shown that ability in flashes. We just didn't see it the last 12 games of their career. So it's tough to project that into the NFL and say, oh, yeah, 
they're going to be fine. You know what I mean? No, for sure. I absolutely do. And I I think one thing that'll be interesting to watch with both of them is how much they will potentially be hurt by not having a pro day of substance. Yes. Because yes. Colon Castillo is athletic. It could have helped him from that perspective. And Wallace Sims is massive. And it could have helped mm-hmm. him to have a bunch of scouts come out and see him in person at a pro day while he's out there doing all of his positional drills. I think both of them will ultimately be hurt by that. I don't think either will be drafted. Um, the one guy on the offensive line that I think could be drafted and I think will be drafted is Yasir Durant. And it's not because he's great as a run blocker. It's because he's an incredible pass protector. And if you're a team in the NFL, that's what you're looking for right now. He's not athletic. He tested horribly. Um, so he's going to drop pretty far. He'll be a day three late pick sixth, seventh round, probably, um, but I think Yasir Durant will be the one offensive lineman that ultimately gets drafted this year. Yeah, he has the best chance. Um, so we'll yeah we'll see. And like, you know, I, I wrote about Kale Garrett too, and like, he really could have used those last seven games, man. Mm-hmm. Like, he is he is not what the NFL is looking for right now. He is a downhill thumper that is an ass. Like, he's just basically a liability in the passing game. And you cannot be that as a defender right now. The NFL, what is in vogue, quick passing, okay, to open up the run. You don't need the big dude to stuff the gap. Um, and that's what Cale Garrett was really, has shown to be really good at. Now, last year, you know, he, was, uh, he had five tackles for loss and two sacks in five games. He had seven run stuffs, two passes broken up, and three interceptions. Like, he was showing his versatility um, and his ability to, to play the pass. We didn't have 12 game sample of that, and yes, he was on a, a pace to exceed what he had done in any other season, but you didn't see it. And now he's got this, the label slapped on of injury risk, yep. and it's just like, oh, God. So I think I think the kid's incredible. Uh, he, he's a great athlete. He's very intelligent. He knows where to go, which is such an underrated thing uh, in college football. Uh, but that is something that you find a lot in in the professional ranks. So that doesn't really set you apart. It's almost a qualifier. Uh, and the fact that he didn't have any, he didn't show any excessive athleticism uh, or any intelligence beyond what you would expect um, is going to probably have him be undrafted free agent and make some noise on like special teams or you know something like that. That's exactly right. And that's where he needs to make his hay. He needs to get in the league and year one be an awesome special teamer. He needs to be somebody that is on every special teams unit and be a badass on him. And that will at least buy him a year of being in that system and learning the system. And then by year two or three, hopefully he can finally make his way onto the field on the defensive side of the ball. But Cale Garrett's a guy that if I'm a team, I would honestly take a chance on him in the seventh round because he's got a shot. He's got a shot. I, I don't think he's going to be drafted, but he can be a good player in a specific role. If you're a Chiefs fan and you saw Reggie Ragland last year, that's the kind mm. of role that Cale Garrett can fill. He can be really good against the run. He just needs he needs to bulk up a little bit more probably, and he needs to be given some time. But he, he can be that type of a player. The one guy that I wanted to get to here at the end is DeMarcus Acey. Because he yes. was not invited to the NFL Combine, which surprised mm-hmm. a lot of people. And it should have surprised a lot of people. Um, he's going to get drafted. 
probably on day three. Wouldn't be surprised if he moves his way up into the fourth, fifth round. I think that's probably where he gets taken. DeMarcus wow. Acey is long. He's got some mm-hmm. good speed. And if you want him to move back to safety, he probably could. But I that's think he's going to stick to corner. I think he's going to be on the outside. And I think teams hmm. are going to look at that length. And they're going to say, that's a dude that we can work with. He's got the skills. He's got the... Uh, the tangible assets, the qualities that we're looking for in corners right now in the league, I think he's going to go higher than a lot of Mizzou fans probably expect. You so said you'd like to see him Seattle, at safety, though? I would like to see him at safety, but I know Seattle likes big corners, yep. so he would be a fit there. Um, does anybody else do the, like, oh, I want my corners to be as tall as possible? It's becoming a trend now, man. Yeah, a lot of teams. Yeah. So the the Cowboys have really gone that route. Um, it, it, a lot of teams that have somebody off of that Seahawks tree are now doing that. So the Falcons have kind of gone that way. The 49ers have gone that way a bit. But mm-hmm. anybody that's got somebody now on their defensive staff that kind of came from Seattle, they're probably going down that route. So I I, I I liked him so much better at safety. I thought he was a very good corner. Um, I think a lot of what Odom saw was like, oh, we really need someone like that on the outside, and that's why he did it. But, gosh, as a safety, you know, he was pulling in, you know, 30, 40 tackles a, a season. He's getting tackles for loss. He was breaking passes up. Like his – yes, he did all that as a corner too, but, like, he just seemed so much more – active <laughs> i think that's kind of a crazy thing to say because like corners they you know they don't need to be active they don't need to play the run but um i don't know he just seemed much more comfortable as a safety so i don't know I, i'm not an nfl gm and you know you can use that guy any way you want but sure. um i do hope he gets drafted because i do think he's got a lot of talent uh i just didn't always translate on the football field while uh while in columbia that so. versatility though is going to help him um because yeah. if you're a team and you say to yourself we're going to try him out at corner if it doesn't work there, we can move him to safety. The ability to be yeah. able to do that is going to buy you a lot of favors in the NFL. So you do that. You do work on special teams. Maybe he ends up as a gunner or somebody that can be on the kickoff coverage. Like All of that stuff is going to help him make his way onto a roster, and then hopefully down the road he can develop into somebody that can be even more than that. But those are kind of the guys that I expect to be drafted. I, I don't think this is going to be a big Mizzou class, and the headliners are going to be – Jordan Elliott going in the second round, very likely. And then let's see what happens with Albert O. He's going to be the one that I'm most yeah. interested in seeing in this draft. It's going to be a fun night, man. I agree. Yeah. Well, regardless of what happens, you know, good on these guys for having a complete career uh, at Missouri, even if they did leave early. Good for them. Make that money. Take that money. Take as many checks as people will cash for you. Um, and then network and have a good career in the NFL and do the magic. So. Uh, yeah, that's our that's our show for tonight. Uh, I feel like you know, just kind of behind the scenes, BK and, and I always say, "Oh, this is going to be a quick one," and then we still turn out thirty. Uh, where are we at? 30, 40 minutes of content. So that is that is for free. <laughs> that's your ten <laughs> minutes for you, dear listeners. Uh, but yeah, hey, we appreciate you listening in as always. Uh, we uh, we appreciate the downloads. We appreciate the subscriptions. We know it's a tough time. There's not a whole lot to do, so we hope this little escape is enough to take you away from whatever's going on. Uh, just leave a comment or rate us. You know, we love all types of feedback. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I am at Nate G. Edwards. BK is at BK Sports Talk. And, of course, you can follow the Rock M flagship at Rock M Nation. We appreciate you tuning in this time. We'll try to do better next time. And until then, M-I-Z. Mm-hmm.
Radio U.